this is an episode to EWS Post of the Week, where a relevant publication on psychology in sports is mentioned and reviewed. With the aim of promoting content that is useful for athletic development at psychological and physical level, here is today's reference with your host, Gonzalo Marques. Hi there. Today's Post of the Week goes in a different way. I'm not going to talk about a single post, and neither I'm going to refer back to someone in particular. Well, I will. Four persons, to be more specific. But none of them for the reason that is common for the episodes in this series. Because none of them spoke about something or produced a piece of content that can help you to efficiently work sport. The episode, I hope, will help on that, but with no words from them, just actions. I'm going to share four situations and some thoughts on fair play. Yes, fair play. Nothing fancy, nothing in specific that could assist athletes, coaches or parents on anything related to the mental side in sports or any difficulties. Just the clean and beautiful topic of fair play to go on a little ramble here. I find it important to set this unique episode on the podcast because this is a principle that goes across all sports and overlaps any other thing that can be found there. Or at least, fair play should be the thing at the top of the hierarchy, in my opinion. Because, think about it, without fair play, where would be the dignity in the play of the game? Where would be the real virtue and glory in winning? Without it, how could a player assess his capabilities honestly? How could a player get fair challenges that push him to evolve? How could a person truly love the game? The more we think about it, the more we recognize it is, in fact, such a great pillar in sports. Fair play should really be the element at the basis of the sports pyramid, the foundation. I guess fair play is that sort of concept that if I would happen to bring it to a class, to kids, for example, about civility or something, it would be something that was going to have multiple different responses about what it is, and each one of them would be correct and liable to be a motive to initiate a whole conversation. It is so big and essential that it symbolizes respect, sacrifice, esteem, honor, truth. So many values that are key to sports and also critical to be embodied in life in general. Way, excuse me, before you continue on for the episode, I will just ask you for a review. This is a common request, I know, and I imagine it can be tedious to do so, to divert now, and I am aware you as a listener just want to grow through. However, if you do so on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, it makes an important contribution for EWS growth and for us to keep providing relevant contents for you to actualize your sports practice and mental game and also for me to be able to continue to bring in great guests. Moreover, each month we randomly select their two winners to receive exclusive material that will assist them reaching their full sporting potential. Also, it is important for me to hear your feedback, so head over there please, the links are in the description as always alongside with the timestamps. See ya! 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I get amazed and emotional when I watch an episode of Fair Play. I'm not talking about those usual ones that happen, for example, in a soccer match when a player sends the ball off the field because an opponent player is injured on the ground. And then when the match resumes, the team of the injured player returns the ball back to the other team. Although this is also a neat thing to see, it is so common and like a protocol to follow that it doesn't impact one's heart as much. So because of that, and to honor fair play in sports, a thing that often should be reinforced again and not took for granted, here I go, presenting you four beautiful scenarios that happened recently on big stages. I will leave the links in the description for the videos, and needless to say, that this got me the chills, and the opponent's players there cheered and touched the following protagonists I'm about to present, in great appreciation for their move. First we have Bellotti, Andrea Bellotti, a Torino player, a club from Italy. In a moment where he was on the move, running with the ball in a central position and getting close to the opponent's box, creating there a dangerous opportunity to have a shot, he got surrounded by three opponent players and fell. Immediately after he fell to the ground, he gestured with his finger a no sign, saying no. And the referee still blew the whistle for the fault to be taken, even when the opponent players were protesting it wasn't a fault. Anyways, on the free kick, Bellotti just passed the ball to the keeper instead of shooting. And this took place in a match against Atalanta, when they were losing 3-0, when the match was only on 30 minutes of play. A situation, as you can imagine, very prone to have Torino players frustrated, and not that easy at that moment to sacrifice a great opportunity from that free kick, as Bellotti did. All in the name of fairness. Second, we have Gonçalo Teixeira. He is a player from Esperança de Lagos, competing in the Campeonato de Portugal. He took place in a moment of confusion from an opponent player who touched the ball with the hand. The referee promptly at that moment blew for a free kick in a dangerous position for a shot. Still, with this opportunity on his hands, similar to Bellotti, Gonzalo kicked the ball out from that free kick. I must say that this episode cost the player the first white card shown by the referee to a pro player in Portugal, and this is a card that was created to symbolize fair play and promote its moments. But these white cards have been shown already in formative years. That's where it enters the next episode, coming from under 11 in futsal. Just kids. It was a match between Sporting Clube de Portugal and Benfica, the two main rival clubs in the country. The card was shown to Dinish, a sporting kid, when the match was nil-nil and they were awarded a penalty. Needless to say, a great opportunity there to score and get them on the lead. But the unexpected happened. See, leading up to the penalty was a shot from a sporting player which was blocked by the Benfica player. It all happened so fast that the referee marked the penalty for handball in that blocking. But there he came to intervene. Diniz saw that the Benfica kid was crying and moaning a bit with his face red on one side. 
He said to the referee that in fact the ball hit his opponent's face, not the arm. The referee there went back with his decision and everyone applauded this gesture both from the ref and Dinesh. And this is amazing, coming from such young kids. How much easier would it be to grab the chance and score a goal from that penalty? What was more touching was hearing Denise afterwards on a flash interview where he said that Benfica didn't deserve that penalty to happen. What an empathy. Moreover, he told that it was the most correct thing to do and, quote, I felt good and the attitude I had was a good gesture, end quote. Congrats, Dinesh. You're already a great sportsman to me. And the fourth case comes from Alfredo Morelos. This past Thursday, in fact, for an Europa League match. In the last play of the first half, Morelos got a long pass in behind the defending opposition. He makes a move inside to a more dangerous zone with the ball, only to find out in that precise moment that his main opposing defender got the cramps. He immediately decided to stop the move and stop the play. Amazing how automatic this was to him. Again, this got me the chills and this was on a crucial moment, where it was a playoff match and the result was 1-1 at the time. A moment that could be argued to be harder to make a sacrifice like this, which in some way, I guess, makes the fair play move even more valuable. These are just four examples and to me show the powerful energy that fair play can bring. And I'd like to end with this episode with some brief notes. We often see cases where players decide or are instructed sometimes, which is even worse in that case, to get down to the ground and waste time. Often a player stays there moaning in an exaggerated fashion just to try to convince the referee to punish the opponent. That's ugly. That's the antithesis of fair play. And efficiently working sports also means to take these instances in consideration and work to abolish them. I recall what I heard from Portuguese infamous soccer coach here, Jorge Jesus, some days ago, where he was complaining exactly about these poor strategies one enrolls in and with fake moanings. He recalled to the Portuguese media that when he was coaching in Saudi Arabia, he achieved to convoke a meeting between the presidents and coaches from the top teams there to talk about just about this and resolve these issues of dirty gaming. He reminds it was successful there and suggested a similar thing to happen in Portugal. Well, what you just heard was something probably easy to understand. But to assimilate this or put it into practice is a harder task for sure. At EWS we aim to translate the theory and mental principles into practice the best way possible. But it all comes down to you. Take a moment to really reflect. Is this good for me? What can I do today to implement it? Again, the keyword practice. How can you translate this into practice? Practice it and go ahead. Keep enjoying the process of efficiently working sports. And continuing further with this, on one hand, it's common practice to try and win at all costs. 
I get it that this is good sometimes, uh, of course, and is accompanied by a kind of pumped-up energy so that the players give their all to score a goal or achieve the best scores in their performances. But this has to end. I know it's not my voice that will end these unfortunate episodes of dirty gaming or cheating, in fact, because yes, there's many other ways of cheating I didn't even mention here. But I hope that by sharing this type of honorable stories, we lead by example. Not only that, but also hoping that these examples can reach the skin of whom is about to cheat or influence the game in their favor in despicable ways, making them remember the true glory of clean winning and superation, making them in touch with the beauty of incorporating higher values, making them in touch of what makes more sense. Hey you, athlete, student, or worker of some kind, we want to know real cases. So tell us, from what you've heard, what have you been missing out? What is one idea that popped into your mind while listening? Feel free to share in the comments so we can assist you further. See ya! The fair play moves involve all those honorable characteristics I've already told. And possibly even more I failed to mention. But this sacrificial move is what I want to underline here. It's what was present in those examples I've shared. It stands out in a touchy way. It makes us remember the biggest values in sports. It shows that more important than winning is to respect the opposition, to take them in consideration and be grateful to them. Because it is the competition that keeps setting higher standards, and that's higher standards what will make one improve his game, because without them, without competition, one wouldn't be able to do the sport one loves. So how can you instill more fair play in your practice? Not only to your opponents, but also to your colleagues, in any match, in any training. What's the most important? To win at all costs? Or to play the best you can and cleanly? Hope this helps you to efficiently work in sports overall, and over the long haul. Until next time, take care. To assist you in efficiently work your sport, we intend to pertain the most correct views possible and give a shout out to what potentially promotes sports performance and mental health. We recommend checking out the whole post for an integrate view. Again, to learn more about psychology in sports, go to ewsport.eu.